Welcome to Geek Vibe Live. Michael Rosenbaum, uh, Lex Luthor from Smallville, The Flash, and the Justice League, and you're listening to Geek Vibes Live. How are you guys doing out there? It's a wonderful sunny day in California, and we just have a nice song on W666. This is Dizzy D with Maneater from Hollow Notes. You have a good one. Oh, wait, wait. Wait, wait. Oh, shit. Wrong show. Sorry. Hey, how are you guys doing out there? <laughs> this is uh, a wonderful show called Geek Vibes Live, and I decided to uh, try to prank my uh, co-host. So let me introduce them. Uh, you know, I'm so good with the radio voices. I t- that's why I decided to do that. But uh, Nick, how's it going, sir? How you doing? Very, very well. That was like a perfect blend of like a little bit of quagmire and then old school DJ like voice mixed, like blended in together. That was that was. Very clutch, sir. Very clutch. I hope the, the the music levels were good. That's what I was worried about. But anyways, <laughs> Kanan, Silent Assassin, what do you have to say? Uh, I have a lot to say, but I'll, I'll wait and say it when we start our topics. But I hope everybody's doing uh, great out there in Geek Vibes Nation land and uh, excited to talk to everybody today. We're always you seem excited very to talk, especially. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was about to say. Even Kanan, who doesn't seem enthused at all right now, but hey, it doesn't matter. <laughs> so we got a shorter show for you guys at a different time. You know, all of us are kind of enjoying our Sundays and stuff. And there's a little wrestling pay per view I got to get to in a couple hours after I'm done with my parents' little anniversary thingy. <sighs> Man, I, people expect too much of me. You know, I do way too much. <laughs> Even Vince McMahon. Anyways, but it's not about that. So let's go over some movie stuff from this past week, and me and Kanan and uh, Nick will, you know, discuss everything. So our first thing, Black Panther box office, guys. So Black Panther made another $104 million. Um, last weekend on the four-day weekend, it made over $200 million for the four-day weekend. I believe it almost got close to Justice League after... Uh, most of its box office run, which is crazy to think about. I think, I believe, let me check box office mojo. I have it up here, guys. If you guys give me a second. So far, worldwide, it's made $704 million. It will be clearing a billion very soon. This is the second week. Domestic, $400 million, foreign, $304. Wow. Now, obviously, there's a lot of people going out to this because not only is it a good movie, but it also is a great concept by itself. And it's a superhero film, but I think that when it comes to superhero films, this one has a perspective that I'm more akin to when it comes to the Marvel movies. You know, I was uh, more of a fan of movies like uh, Winter Soldier, Civil War, uh, stuff that had comedy in it, but still had a really, really powerful concept within it. So I'm very happy that that's like that. I was kind of turned off, honestly, and I've said this at length, with Thor Ragnarok and Guardians 2. I love Guardians. I really enjoyed Ant-Man. I love a lot of their comedic stuff, but this to me was a great movie by itself. And we've already gone through that, but I'm going to pass it to Nick. Nick, how do you feel about the box office and 
how many weeks do you think it will take for it to clear a billion dollars? And also, since you weren't with us last week, tell us some of the stuff that you liked and enjoyed about Black Panther. Yeah, um, let me start with that. Um, I agree with you. Like, it, it, it definitely had a very different feel as far as, uh, like, a comic book movie. Um, like, you could tell it still has that, that kind of, um, that, like, the fit as far as, like, the style, as far as MCU films go. But as far as, like, the substance, as far as, like, the material that was presented, it was very different. Um, I think they did a very good job of of bringing in, you know, a lot of uh, social issues, but not being ham-fisted about it. Like, and that is one of the, like, key things to me. If you're going to do that, like, I think you have to make it – basically make it where it's 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 a genuine part of the story and it doesn't feel like it's just thrown in there just to be there. Um and they and, and Ryan Coogler did such a an amazing job with that. Um and and Killmonger is is if not the best MCU villain, I think he's the villain that's like that I personally can understand his motives um and, and recognize why he's doing what he's doing and, and empathize with his character and the decisions that he makes, uh, which is, is definitely not the, the MO for Marvel um, or for really for the, for the most part, most of these movies. Um, I, I really don't think we've seen a villain that was this well done since probably the Joker um, in the dark Knight. Like I, I it's on that level. Um, I, I still would give the nod to Heath Ledger. I mean, hell, the man won an Oscar for his performance. But nevertheless, like, it, it to me, it was on that level. Um, I loved pretty much everything about the movie. I mean, uh, Shuri is my new favorite MCU heroine. Like, I can't wait to see what they do with that character. I loved her uh, relationship with T'Challa. Um, I, I loved the fact that, Within the movie, uh, you know, throughout the progression of the movie, they handle this this notion of Wakanda being this isol- isolationist um, country, uh, and and you know, kind of one of the the big um, uh, things for our protagonist in the movie is realizing that you know, building bridges is, is better than building walls, um, which again is very relatable to our to our current day and age and, and current society. Um, and then, you know, everything with that and how, you know, Michael B. Jordan's characters, like I, I said earlier, his motives um, and, and how they tie together Wakanda with, uh, you know, African-American culture as well as African culture and made it all blend seamlessly. Uh, I think it's remarkable. Um, and one more thing, I also, obviously a lot of people <laughs> have been saying uh, that, there is, you know, like, this is not the first, uh, like, black-led, or, or I guess African-American-led uh, main character in a movie, uh, even though the character is obviously not American. Um, but, uh, and I get that. I mean, obviously, you know, we, we had several movies that, that predated this with, with, you know, the Blade Trilogy, Spawn, um, and a few others. But I think this is the first movie that really uh, put, like, African-American culture as, like, a, a, a very important um, 
backdrop to the movie. Uh, and with the cast being predominantly black as well. Like, so I think that is, is something to be celebrated and something uh, to build on moving forward for you know, these, these kind of big-budget movies like this. I think, it's, uh, I think it's really something awesome and should be celebrated. Um, as far as the box office, I love it. When you said $702 million, like the last I had heard, I think I was like hovering around like maybe 550 so, like, damn, like, that's crazy. Um, yeah, it's definitely going to easily make a uh, billion dollars, and that's just awesome. Um, as far as when it will fall off, who knows, man? Like, this is, a, this is an anomaly of a movie. Like, there's so much going on in this movie, um, and it's so groundbreaking in, in so many ways that, I mean, I, I could see this lasting, like, as far as, like, no huge drop-off for maybe another two weekends, and then maybe it hits a big drop-off. Um, but, you know, it, it, it's tough for me to call. Y'all are the better um, predictors when it comes to uh, box office uh, and how all that's going to play out. Absolutely. Um, I could see it definitely having a drop just because second week people are, you know, this movie had definitely replay uh, views uh, because it had such good word of mouth and everything. I don't think it's going to drop too much, and it doesn't have a lot of competition coming up. I think it's going to make, I think it's going to be over a billion within a month of it being in theaters, if not less. Um, but I just don't think what I think it's going to sustain basically next couple of weekends and then uh, progressively drop. But I don't think it's going to be as high as these first two weekends. But still going to make a shit ton of money. I mean, look at Jumanji. It, it's still it's been in and out of the top five for weeks. It's made a crap ton of money. So this is a great time period to throw movies. Uh, people think it's a dumping ground in January and February, just like September. But if you put a film out here, it doesn't have any competition going forward. So um, I think Marvel definitely scored from that. It, another big thing, I, I don't remember exactly. I should have this on 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 hand, but. Marvel has made the most money for any franchise ever now because of Black Panther. I mean, they already had that record, and it was just getting more and more. Um, I'm going to pass it to Kanan. You talk about the box office. I'm going to look this up uh, while you're talking. Uh, the box office is, like, a, you know, astounding. Like, it's beyond um, anything that I would have ever comprehended. And to be honest with you, like – I'm a little bit nervous for uh, Infinity Wars box office because we're looking at a movie that, and we talked about this in our review, that just isn't a film. It's an event. It's a movement. Uh, People are going out and buying out whole entire showings um, and not just at one theater. I'm talking all over the country. People are are getting behind this Black Panther challenge. Uh, to get kids to be able to go and watch this movie. So, uh, you know, yeah, I know people will say that, you know, that's kind of inflated the numbers or whatever a little bit because other movies don't have this kind of movement. But this is a great thing, and this movie deserves that. But, I mean, you're looking at a movie that is going to probably outdo, at least domestically, the first Avengers movie. And, you know... I probably would have never thought a solo movie, you know, would ever, you know, would ever do that. And this movie has. And this movie is very much a solo movie. There are a few hints at 
the MCU in it, you know, with the, you know, uh, Ross from the Civil War. But for the most part, this is a very standalone movie, and for this to be able to do what it's doing is amazing. Uh, you know, there are people saying this movie could make uh, over $700 million domestic. Uh, I don't know that – and it still hasn't opened in China. Um, you know, I don't know that it'll get to the overall box office amount that um, the first Avengers movie did. Uh, but I, I think domestically it will definitely top that. Um, now, I, I do think that Avengers Infinity War will have a bigger opening weekend, and that's and that's going to be you know saying a lot because what did uh, Black Panther do in, in the first three days? 202 million? That's crazy. Yeah. That's Star Wars numbers. Yeah. And so, you know, if it does that, it's, it's not going to have the legs that um, – Black Panther does because, you know, it's going to have two weeks to make its money, but then Deadpool comes out and then Solo comes out. And Solo's a movie that a couple months ago nobody cared about. The trailers come out, you know, and there's still some talk of it, you know, but there's more interest in the film now, so you're going to have more people going to see it. And then you lead into, uh, and then what's the next, uh, and then June. You know, you start with uh, Jurassic World and, you know, and all that stuff starting to come out. So, yeah, I mean, Infinity War has got, yeah, Infinity War has got, you know, it's, you know, work cut out for it. And that's why I'm thinking that uh, Black Panther could be the biggest uh, comic book movie of the year. I think it's, uh, I think it's got the legs to continue going even well into March. I know A Wrinkle in Time comes out on the 9th. Um, I, I don't know how well that's going to do. I think it's going to have an audience because it's a Disney film. But I think, you know, Black Panther is definitely going to go into next week um, still cruising along with probably a minimal drop. I, I'd say next week probably add another, uh, you know, 65, 75 million because it, it made 8 million more than what yep. a lot of people were guessing for this weekend. So a lot of people are saying 95 to 100. It did 108. And that's estimates. I mean, by the time the actual numbers come out tomorrow, I mean, you could be looking at $110, $111 million. And, I mean, we're talking about a movie in its second week that beat The Force Awakens' second uh, week box office um, record. And The Force Awakens is, you know, one of the biggest Star Wars movies ever and came out in a time when, uh, you know, it had little competition and had, you know, the hype around it after the prequels. You know, it was the first movie. Uh, to come out since then, you know, Abrams was behind it. So, yeah, I mean, you can't take away anything that Black Panther's done. The movie was great, so people can't say it's a fluke. Um, yeah, I, I just and, – and I love that it's making all this money. Just what I hate, though, is that it's set the bar now for every other movie. Like, if Infinity War doesn't even come close, are people going to call that movie a, a bust? You know, if – uh, another movie, you know, and if another solo movie comes out, are people going to be like Black Panther, you know? And and I don't want them to say, think of the character Black Panther, uh, because I grew up, I grew up liking Black Panther. I didn't think he was that bad of a character. I've always been intrigued with him. But I think when people look at that number, they've got to look at the movement behind it and not just say, oh, Black Panther uh, did that, but you know, oh, a Batman movie can't. Well, Batman can make a lot of money by himself, but Batman movies are not movements. They're not an event. They're nothing like this. This is something that people rallied behind. Um, 
you know, because it's the first, you know, like true, uh, you know, black superhero that people can be proud of. I know we talked about Blade and stuff like that, but Juwan was right. Blade is not a character that kids could really get behind and say a true superhero. You've got black. Neither can they with Spawn. Appreciates. Right. You can't with Spawn and, uh, you know, any of the other characters. You know, you've got T'Challa who's a – who loves women, and so now he's like even more, and to some people, he's even more of a hero than Bond, because he actually uh, appreciates women. So, I mean, he's he's like, the, he's almost like the perfect uh, superhero, you know? He's, and, you know, you can't take away from that. So, yeah, I mean, there's, there's not enough words to really um, express how huge this box office is and how much it's going uh, to continue to grow and I honestly cannot wait to see what this movie does in home sales release. I mean, you could be talking one of you could you could be looking at probably the biggest uh, MCU and even DC home release of all time. I think it's safe to say it's going to have the biggest profit of the year, like with their budget and everything else. I believe like, so. Because even if Infinity War makes, you know. Uh, Fifty million more dollars. I mean, the budget's obviously going to be way higher for that movie. So, and I, I agree with you, yep. Kane. I think that that'll be a cool thing to look out for is the 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 um, sales as far as the Blu-ray and the DVD. And like, imagine too. Like, I mean, the whole the, the whole four-hour movie is scored. So, like, I mean, I, I'm assuming we'll at least get an extended version. Who knows if it'll be the four hours? But like, I I bet we'll for this movie. I know it's not like a normal thing that that the MCU does, but I bet for this movie we'll get like uh, an extended edition. What I hope a lot for this character is exposure enough to be one of the most known characters in Marvel. Um, because if you look back at it, before Avengers and they started doing this stuff with Iron Man, the the big three, if you will, that were the most known from television shows, the cartoons was Spider-Man, obviously, Wolverine, and the Hulk, I believe. Um, what the MCU did was take their three biggest complex characters, their trinity, if you will, and now Iron Man, Captain America, and Thor are like a household name. And I want Black Panther to have that level of, of popularity. Um, I can't wait for the sequel to see what Ryan Coogler does with that. I can definitely wait on that, but guys, think about this. All right, I'm going I'm to say this. This is a meme. Uh, I was trying to find to see something to back this up, but apparently the MCU has collected uh, over $14 trillion from this. They are the biggest uh, franchise uh, for, for money-wise out of anything, and that includes Star Wars, um, any of the Middle Earth movies, all the Harry Potter movies, Fast and the Furious, James Bond, X-Men, Spider-Man, Batman, Pirates of the Caribbean, Transformers, DC Extended Universe. They surpass all of them. So this is excellent for Marvel. I'm sure Disney is very happy. They made that $3.5 billion purchase back in, you know, uh, 2007 for all this. But it's just crazy. Uh, you know, you were talking, Tannen, about Avengers. Domestic Avengers came in with 623 plus, um, and then foreign was 895 So, and then $8.5 $8. billion, a little bit over that, basically. And I think this is going to do – I mean, this is catching up to it on its second week. That's insane. Anyways, uh, uh, would either one of you guys like to make any last comments before we move on to the next thing? 
I mean, uh, just that. Go ahead, King. Oh, I was just gonna say, no, man. I mean, I, I pretty much, you know, said, you know, what I, you know, what I could say about it. And uh, I mean, to me, I know people probably, th- you know, when they go back and listen, they probably laugh because, you know, I said that it could be bigger domestically than Infinity War. But like I said, at the end of the day, you're talking about a movement. You're talking about a cultural event. And I mean, there should be no shame in that. I mean, this is a huge win uh, for Disney and for Marvel, uh, and you know, for uh, people all over the world, you know, that enjoy these movies, you know, for them to be able to have a chance and go and witness something like this, because I mean, it really is uh, a you know a great film and just you know a great message overall. So yeah, and like I wanted to add a little bit onto what you were saying. This this um, I guess it's, it's called the Black Panther Challenge. Um, a lot of NBA players have bought out. Um, I, and I've been kind of, you know, keeping tabs on this for the Full Court Press podcast, have, have bought out these theaters and taken, you know, underprivileged children to go see this movie. And at the, A, that's just awesome. That's so great that, like, um, that this film has such a such a powerful message for, for you know, uh, pretty much, I mean, really everybody, but especially especially young African American children, um, and like that that this this what you said, Kane, in this kind of movement um, surrounding this film has has um, it, it's just embraced the, the message of this movie, which is just it's such a powerful thing because to me, what it what it really comes down to. Like the biggest thing that I took away from the movie is, you know, if we if we build bridges instead of building walls, we can accomplish anything and we can make the world a better place. And that is that is a message that um, I think is very needed right now, and a message that um, you know we that I hope perpetuates and um, you know hopefully someday the world will kind of get to a place like that. And I think. Ryan Coogler um, just delivered on so many levels uh, with this with this movie, uh, and that message is a big part of why. Absolutely, I definitely agree with you. Um, when we were talking about it last week, Nick, I compared. I said that there's a lot of it's it's very similar in a way to which which if anyone has a problem with with what they did in the message, just realize that my comparison with the X-Men between Professor Xavier and Magneto is pretty yeah. much the same exact concept as Killmonger right. and Black Panther. Black Panther yeah. represents a Martin Luther King character, definitely in, in the standpoint of being uh, you know, African and, and that whole entire concept. Uh, but also Professor X kind of had those type of qualities. Uh, they also believed in much more of a peaceful concept, like a John Lennon or a Gandhi to an extent. Killmonger because of what happened to him in his past and what he sees for his surroundings, he has more of a Malcolm X perspective, but unfortunately, unlike when Malcolm X went to Africa and learned a lot of stuff and redirected his, 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 uh, his way of thinking, he goes more into a Hitler mentality, much like Magneto of genocide, wipe them all out. They want us dead. I'd rather kill them first. And Black Panther is a, a token of, of peace. He wants peace. That's why he goes public uh, much like Tony Stark in ways with that first uh, after credit scene. And the one thing I was wondering, though, before we move on, real quick question to you guys. 
you know, well, actually, I think we talked about this on the show. I'm not sure if I heard it on a podcast or if we talked about it on the show. You'll have to bear with me. But, Kanan, if you already answered this, if we already talked about it, I'll just ask Nick specifically. But a quick question, Nick. Do you think that now that they're going to expand the technology from Wakanda, do you think that we're going to see a a slow effect on the MCU where, where Black Panther is giving people what basically they need and not trying to go full tilt? Or do you think it's actually going to be futuristic in upcoming movies? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I, I mean, I would think it would be like, uh, um, like uh, you never want to do too much uh, all at once um, with anything. Um, excess is, is kind of like um, a, a drug, if you will, for, for pretty much anything. Um, so, I mean, I think it would probably be like a, like a, almost like a slowly integrated, um, thing if I had to guess. Um, but it, it, it could be, it, I don't know, man, it could be like a really good arc, um, for like just the MCU in general, but particularly Black Panther down the road. Um, if you see like basically, a, a, a scenario in which you know you get like an Adrian Toomes type character um, who uh, you know wants to use his technology for for the wrong purposes, um, and and you know that can kind of bring in this whole other thing of did he make the right decision? You know, it, it, you, you know, as far as in 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 the films, you know, how how would he? like feel about that in its heart knowing that, you know, his, the steps that he took might have helped, you know, countless amounts of people, but, you know, it also led to, um, you know, a lot, a lot of people being hurt. Um, and how do you kind of balance that? Um, you know, do, do the ends justify the means if you help more people um, through your outreach than you hurt? Um, is that, you know, um, what, what, what's the, the word like an in some game um it, you know does it uh does does the morality outweigh uh you know the immorality um so i i don't know but i think that would be a very interesting concept for the mcu to tackle down the road absolutely Kanan, what do you think um yeah i mean i honestly think that I, I mean, they're going to have to roll with Black Panther as almost the Wonder Woman of the MCU now because of how uh, popular he's become. And I think you're going to probably see, uh, you know, a different look to Wakanda in the in the next film. Not Infinity War, but in the next film. I think you're going to see, um, well, I guess honestly it depends on how much Thanos destroys. Uh, if they carry on, you know, rebuilding or whatever. And maybe that's what happens. Maybe we'll kind of get so destroyed uh, that, you know, we see them rebuilding in a more advanced uh, nation, especially now since Wakanda is out there. Um, you know, T'Challa, um, you know, spoiler alert, in the mid credit scene, you know, lets the world know, hey, we're going to start letting y'all – uh, have you know use our resources. We're going to start helping. I mean, you even you might even see a more technologically advanced world altogether in the MCU. Uh, you know, maybe this is even where they get some technology for the Fantastic Four. Uh, you know, they introduce them. You know, maybe uh, they can get some uh, stuff lent to them for their uh, you know their projects and stuff like that, the space exploration and all that. So. 
Yeah, I mean, I think you're definitely going to start to see that. I don't think it's going to go complete, you know, just, you know, the year 3000 or whatever, you know, just flying cars and stuff all over the place. But like Legion of Superhero seeing, shit. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think you're definitely going to try, you know, probably see more advanced weaponry, uh, you know, maybe um, some, you know, different outfits, you know, definitely uh, maybe uh, S.H.I.E.L.D. will start using uh, unmanned um you know, Quinjets, you know, they, you know, now they've just got the, the flight simulators like they were using in Black Panther. So I think, it, I think they'll definitely um, take after that, which, it, you know, which is cool. So, uh, but yeah, I think you're going to definitely see, you know, Wakanda and Black Panther and the technology from that movie definitely be front and center because I can't see Marvel putting him, you know, in the, in the back. Um, going forward because he's he's out there. I mean, um, he's the Wonder Woman of the DCU. That's why DC isn't probably doing a complete reboot because, you know, you have Wonder Woman who's, uh, you know, the flagship. Used to be Batman, now it's Wonder Woman. Uh, and one more thing real quick. Uh, I, I Something that you just said, Kanan, kind of made, like, uh, gave me a light bulb. Um, not only S.H.I.E.L.D., but, like, I assume with Captain Marvel, like right around the corner, we're going to get sword. Um, and it would be kind of cool to be able to tie in black Panther with that. Um, as far as base exploration and protecting us from otherworldly threats, um, which I think mm-hmm. that sh- would probably also tie into infinity war. Um, and they'll actually probably tie it all back to, I mean, if I had to guess, tie it all back to, uh, the incident and with the Avengers, um, but I, I definitely think you could you could utilize uh, Wakandan technology within Sword uh, to you know um, kind of further integrate everything. Absolutely, uh, I definitely see that. What I think is crazy on a different note um, is that with the whole concept of scrolls being you know within Captain Marvel in that film, mm. that X Men is actually going to be introducing scrolls uh, beforehand. Uh, in their Phoenix movie that was just, um, you know, talked about. Uh, we don't have it on the list, but I just kind of thought about that, so I decided to mention it. Anyways, getting back to Black Panther and ending this conversation, yeah, I just – I think that the, the 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 downside of him sharing technology, much to a similar concept to Tony Stark finding out that his technology is out there with terrorists, I really think the next movie, because of that, and I, I suggest this on the page – Take some of his minor characters, uh, Kaiba the Cruel, Moses Magnum, people that are already in the comics, arm dealers in Africa, and, you know, kind of the fact that they're stealing his tech and making horrible stuff, selling it, you know, having child rebel soldiers, that whole concept, blood diamonds. A lot of stuff in Africa, I think that Ryan Coogler could really tap into and expose and have a much more smaller movie where the third one can be way bigger. Uh, very similar to the format that the Russo brothers did with the the two sequels to Captain America. But anyways, obviously we love uh, Black Panther. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, Yeah, obviously we love Black Panther. We just threw another 30 minutes into the conversation from the hour, no, the two hours that we had last week. So we're going to move on to some other stuff, some other stuff that's uh, not, not, not too great. Well, at least this next one is not too great. Um, so, guys, Josh Whedon is out as Batgirl director. Um, you know, 
We know that also Chris McKay, uh, he's doing uh, Dungeons and Dragons. Um, he doesn't have – the Nightwing movie is not listed in, in um, upcoming production, I believe, now, um, at least on their last slate list they gave us or gave Brazil or whatever the hell. Um, and we know he's going to be busy with that. We also know that now Josh said that he uh, he found out three months into it that he didn't, or three months ago, or something like that to that extent, that he didn't have a script um, or a story, which is great. I was very much looking forward to the man that bought us Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Uh, regardless, like people always bring up the Wonder Woman script. All right, I haven't read it, but I just know that this man gave us the Avengers. He gave us. Um, what was the sci-fi show and movie? Um, Firefly. Damn. Thank you. Firefly and everything that came with that. You know, he, he can do a lot of amazing stuff. And Buffy the Vampire Slayer shows me that he would have been able to handle a female character. Like if he gets to go to Marvel now, which I feel like he's going to do and do Black Widow, which he's been talking about for a very long time. Um, it's just really aggravating because I feel like this is another, you know, just to shoot the coffin with a friggin' shotgun now at this point. You know, even though the person's dead, let's just keep on doing it. It's just ridiculous. And the fact that he was – he realized he didn't have a story for it. I, I don't even know how the hell they tackled this and said it was on their slate. Honestly, and this is sitting as Bat, Batgirl, I don't think she's she, – I the fact that they're making Nightwing and Batgirl potentially before they make Batman I think is a joke. Um, if you introduce Batgirl, like give give Catherine Bigelow a shit ton of money, uh, let Gail Simone, who which which she's saying she's already written uh, Birds of Prey and everything, let her develop Birds of Prey into a script or get a screenwriter to redo it. That's fine. Let her do the basis story and establish these characters in a movie. If you do an all female ensemble, that's something that Marvel wants to do. That DC could beat into it. And then with Black Canary being a part of the Birds of Prey, that kind of opens the door to the Green Arrow. It kind of opens your world without even doing anything. Batgirl shows her, gives reason to do a movie afterwards with her. This is my personal opinion. I mean, I'm sure a lot of people are going to be different than mine. Uh, Huntress, I'm sure you could do a lot of stuff with her. And then they're going against the Gotham City Sirens. So Harley and Joker, more stuff between them and their story to maybe equivalent into the next uh, – their, their, their movie, you know, their, their whatever-the-hell movie that they're supposed to be doing. Uh, same thing with Poison Ivy and Catwoman, tying in stuff with Batman. Maybe you can get back into the solo Batman movie that Matt Reeves might be doing. I don't even know what the hell's going on, but we'll get into that later. So there's a lot of potential doing stuff outside of this, but I don't even think this should be on a slate right now. If, if Don't find someone else. Get your other shit together that you're trying to get together and get us a fucking sequel for Man of Steel and Batman already. I don't understand how the hell that's not like right now in the pipeline, try to bring the popularity of your two biggest characters, the two most popular comic book characters, get them sequel or get the movies and get home with that. I have no idea. It's very frustrating. Kanan, I'll give it to you first. Uh, do you know any more information about all this from the dark web? Well, yeah. I mean, as far as the stuff with Whedon goes, you know, there was that uh, article that another site posted back in November that they said Warner Brothers told them to remove it. Um, there were other outlets that looked into that. Um, uh, some people from Variety, uh, we know Umberto from Heroic Hollywood, uh, some people from comicbook.com looked into it and all said 
that that report wasn't true, that based on their sources, Whedon was very much attached to the film and was in the, in, in the process of developing the script. Okay, so then fast forward to this week uh, where Whedon is no longer on the job. Uh, Variety came out and said that this was a mutual decision, so it contradicts the report that, you know, he was, you know, going to be fired. Of course, we don't really know, honestly, what happened. But that's what Variety and a bunch of other people are saying is that this was a mutual decision. Josh is saying that he didn't have a story. But then I saw where some people were posting where uh, Variety had one of their sources said that they were actually working on one of the storylines from Batgirl. Um, uh, let me see. Um, I don't know what happened, but Kanan um, is call got dropped apparently. So, Nick, oh. I'm going to pass it to you, and I'll let Kanan finish up after he calls back. Sure. Sure. Um, well, I mean, my biggest thing with this is just Joss Whedon is is very adept at um, at, at writing strong female characters. Um, obviously, you got Buffy. Um, because I'm such a huge Firefly nerd, I'm going to jump on that aspect of it. Um, there's nine main characters on that show, four of which are women. Um, you have Zoe, who's like an, an ex-military uh, badass warrior woman. You have Kaylee, who is a mechanic, uh, it's like a super whiz mechanic, um, who's uh, also like very comfortable and kind of outward with her sexuality, uh, which is which is uh, another kind of interesting aspect to her character. You have Inara, who is a companion, um, basically a prostitute, but like a really high-class prostitute, um, and uh, again, very comfortable, obviously, with her sexuality. Um, and then you have River, who is probably the most complex character on the, on the show. Um, like, he... It, can write such great he just has a, a way of, of writing great characters in general um, and and all of the characters on that show are, are just terrific um, but I, I had so much faith in what he was going to do with it with a bad girl movie um, especially given all of the backdrop that we have uh, on that character from the comics and the fact that this kind of takes we were kind of led to believe this kind of takes place um, uh, probably after her spinal injury, um, and and so you would have so much room to work with, you know, her 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 backstory, but also you know where she is and how she overcomes her struggles. I, it's very disappointing because um, I, I had a lot of faith in him to deliver pretty big on on that concept. Um, but, you know, I mean, if, if I, I, I find it hard to believe that he didn't have a story. Um, it, I mean, maybe it's, it's entirely possible, or maybe the story that he wanted to do didn't fit in with what the DCEU wanted to do, um, which wouldn't be the first time that we've gone down that road. I mean, obviously the Flash just had three different directors because of that. Um, and you know they're constantly changing their their stories through and through. Uh, to your point, Dane, doing a 
Batgirl and Nightwing movie before you do a solo Batman movie. I mean, at least we have Batman introduced, but I agree with you. Like, I feel like, I, I don't know. I feel like th- the whole chain of events since Man of Steel, like Man of Steel, I have my my problems with the movie, um, but I think it's a it's a it's a relatively good movie. Um, but since then, um, you know, excluding Wonder Woman, um, they've had problems with the other three films. Now, granted, you know, Dane, you and I very much enjoyed Justice League. Um, but we're in recognition of its of its um, inconsistencies and problems. Uh, it, to me, like the thing is just Warner Brothers has got to get their shit figured out, um, and hopefully they do it soon. Because uh, I mean, as far as you know, obviously we want everyone, all these films to be good, and and and, and both Warner Brothers and Disney to be successful with their comic book properties. Um, but right now, I mean, Disney's just blowing them out of the water. I mean, Disney has, like, I know you aren't, like, a huge fan of, of Thor Ragnarok. I still yet see it, which I know is, like, a like blasphemy. Um, it's about to drop on DVD, so I'm, I'm going to see it very soon. Um, but, you know, I'm, I have my feelings about these things, and, and I felt like I could wait on that one. Um but, like, they're still, like, enjoyable movies and very successful movies, whereas, you know, it, say what you want about, uh, you know, Justice League, it was not successful. Um, so they, they really need um, more movies like Wonder Woman and Man of Steel uh, coming down the pipe. And I think Joss Whedon could have delivered a really, really good Batgirl movie. Um, but, alas, not surprising that for whatever reason... It didn't come to fruition. Absolutely, and uh, you know that's that's just it. It didn't come into fruition. Um, I don't know. Like, I think it would be really beneficial. And I said this on the page, uh, guys, and I'm sure there's going to be people that disagree with me because they might not like the CW shows. But I think that Ramada and Johns could really use Berlanti's help after he gets done developing Titans for their uh, streaming network. Yes. I think that someone like Great Berlanti, the three of them, one being so good with movies and budget, the other one being great with, with comics and him being able to adapt comics to television. Yes, he was a part of Green Lantern. Give the man a fucking break. Um, and apparently he's supposed to be doing Booster Gold for the cinematic universe at some point, at least. Uh, so I would love to see him included. I will I will laugh my ass off if they get to Comic Con and they release that Josh Whedon is doing a Black Widow movie, <laughs> and also and also Zack Snyder <laughs> is doing a Moonlight TV show. Well, not Moonlight, Moon Knight. I mean, um, what you call it? Netflix show. I think that would make DC just like cry like just a lot. But anyways, Kane, we lost you. We found you. Yep. Finish what yep, you're saying. Back. Oh, I was just gonna say, you know that. Uh, as far as Whedon goes, there, you know, he said he didn't have a story, but then Variety put out a, uh, you know, a little insert that I saw another outlet running with that there was actually plans to develop the Batgirl movie from, you know, one of the storylines. I don't remember if it was like the Million Dollar, uh, Million Dollar Girl or something like that. I can't remember the exact um, storyline that she debuted in, um, but I think there. I think Joss probably had 
more there than what was let on. You know, there are some people saying that he was never, ever going to direct Batgirl to begin with, that he was only brought in to finish Justice League, and the Batgirl was kind of a cover to get him in. Um, But this could just all be, you know, the writing on the wall that this is a female character. There have been some stuff lately with Whedon in regards to women, uh, you know, that are sketchy. And Hamada might be coming in and saying, look, we want this, like Wonder Woman, to be a a female property. Uh, We want that, you know, you know, there's no, there's not saying that Joss may not do another movie with DC, uh, but I think this is the right path. I think Kamada's going to come in, and, and you know, we might see some changes. Um, you know, with the lineup, I don't think Batgirl was ever a huge priority for them, no matter if they announced it or not. Uh, and the Nightwing stuff, I don't think is um, a, a priority right now either, because. If it was, I don't think Chris McKay would be even trying to go anywhere, you know, and do another movie, you know. And, of course, that stuff broke about him doing Dungeons and Dragons. So I think they definitely probably want to get the Batman movie up and running before they even think about doing Batgirl and and Nightwing and stuff like that. What's the deal with Joss's, like... Um, like I know he had the extramarital affair. Like I, I read that somewhere along the line, but is there something else that I'm not aware of as to why, um, you know, he, he's kind of become a target as of late. Uh, just no. some of the stuff, yeah, just some of the stuff. And well, I mean, his wife came out and pretty much blasted him about the way he talked about his character, his female characters, um, offset, um, you know, they have always, you know, people have always portrayed Josh as a feminist, and now people have come out and said he's fake, and uh, that, you know, the way he portrays women, you know, not on the TV shows. I, I'm not familiar enough with the TV shows, but I know he was known for empowering women on the shows and stuff like that. But you in the movies, you know, just, uh, in the movies, you know, just the way he's portrayed people, the way he made that. Uh, joke with um, Lois and Martha. Oh, yeah. Uh, or the, the Flash, Flash with Wonder Woman. Yeah. yeah, and that was the same thing they did with Black Widow with Hulk and Age of Ultron where uh, when Ultron attacks, they fall over the bar and he lands on top of her the same way. And they're just saying those kind of jokes and stuff like that um, you know, really aren't permitted, you know, and to see and have, a lot of people are mad about oh, how God, I'm, was a I'm strong over this. character. <laughs> yeah, to me, like that's five five fucking yeah, years ago would be fine like, and happen in a movie. Yeah, like Ugh. here's the thing, like I, I like I get the the me too. You can't be cheeky anymore. I won't, I won't go on it. I won't go on a tangent here, but I like I get it. But like you, you gotta um, what what's the phrase? Um, uh, basically, you have to know who you're. Who's the who's the real villain, so to speak, um, and that kind of thing? Like, I guess I mean I guess I get it. Like, I, I could see how um, it would be something that's like, yeah, I didn't really think that was funny. But nevertheless, like to me, like that is taking taking something that I truly believe in to a place where I just can't I, I can't go there with you anymore. 
Yeah, know, people I mean, are ridiculous. I mean, that's fine. That's not that's not my opinion. That's just what I see. I don't. Yeah. I, no, I, I mean, that's I would what love. I to know. I, I, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I would love a female. Uh, and I posted on uh, Twitter, you know, Roxanne Gay, you know, she made a comment about writing the movie. And like I said, if you're familiar with her work on World of Wakanda, uh, I think she would be a great writer for the film. I think they could get uh, – I don't think Catherine Bigelow would do it. I think she's got other big projects that she could probably do. But there are a lot of uh, – uh, the woman that did uh, – this was actually brought up on uh, Meet the Movie Press. But the uh, woman that did Lady Bird, you know, maybe she could do – uh, the Batgirl film, I think uh, a lot of people have said, you know, a lot of great things about that film. So, uh, I mean, we gotta we got to look at the, the narrative with the Me Too thing. I mean, that scares a lot of people off. And, uh, you know, studios don't really – and I'm not saying that Joss has done anything. You know, they did bring Hamada in to kind of make, you know, changes and stuff like that. And, you know, this could all just be speculation. I mean, maybe – there was never going to be a Batgirl film to, to begin with, with Joss Whedon. Maybe this was all just a cover. Um, but all I know is, is that when they were... State Warner Brothers. When it was announced that he wasn't going to be directed, I didn't see anybody crying about it. I didn't see anybody saying, oh my God, they lost Joss Whedon. So, you know, it is, it yeah, is what it is. And, yeah. you know, hopefully this is a turning point for Warner and they, they get it straight. Yeah. Um, well, uh, there is some some light at the end of the tunnel, at least uh, in certain perspectives. Uh, it's all in the way that you take this. But uh, our next story, uh, Aquaman, earlier reviews are positive. And they've had, I believe this comes from several screenings now. I think they had a follow-up on this. Um, so my only apprehensions behind the story, well, there's good things because – they were saying the same thing about Wonder Woman. There were certain conflicting reports that said that it wasn't. Wonder Woman ended up being amazing. But I also believe Justice League, um, if not Justice League, BBS had great you know, response from test screening. So I don't really know if I'm going to put too much weight into this subject, but I really hope Aquaman's great. Uh, I love James Wan as a director. I think he's come up with some amazing stuff in the past. Um, Insidious being my favorite. So I have a lot of hope for this. Uh, but at the same time, obviously DC's got me a little bit nervous um, going forward. But I think that this might be a case of something more compact into the story uh, driven instead of the overall universe, uh, and just like Wonder Woman. So I'm hoping for that. Much like Black Panther, much like Logan. That's how I want my movies, uh, besides these big event films. It's just more about the story and not about the overall huge arcing story. But I've gone on that at length. Um, Nick, how do you feel about the positive reception from test screening audiences for Aquaman? I am, first of all, I'm just, I hope that this movie does well because the DCEU needs it. Um, I mean, obviously, uh, with Justice League, uh, there's been this this very kind of split crowd. I mean, the audience score on it is pretty good um, as far as the Rotten Tomatoes audience score. Um, but, you know, usually like an audience score like that for that kind of movie would translate into very um, profitable um, box office uh, dollars, and it, and it didn't do so. Um, I, 
as far as how I feel about the the, the early reviews, I like I don't I to me you can't ever really trust that. Um, it, even if it's negative, like you you can't really. It's just something that's uh, it's up in the air. Um, but I, I I like what I'm hearing as far as it being like a. Um, a, a more centralized story about Aquaman and and his arc um, instead of being this big connected tissue uh, type film, which you know they've pretty much done with all of their movies that have not been successful. Um, Man of Steel was a very personal story, um, and Wonder Woman was a very personal story. So I'm I'm optimistic that this will kind of reflect those and they'll learn from their past mistakes and uh, hopefully that'll all kind of work itself out and you know furthermore um, I am very interested to see Jason Momoa leading a film just similarly as I was to Gal Gadot leading a film Um, because you know there was a especially like uh, you know because uh, because of John Campia like uh, I was even more uh, intrigued by it because of his just he did not like her acting at all, um, which I I always kind of like when I saw BVS she was like my favorite part of BVS. Granted she's in it for just a small amount, um, but she like like brought it home. She delivered so well in Wonder Woman, and um, so I, I and and I think Momoa was one of the better parts of uh, of uh, Justice League. Where, where, I shouldn't say better, one of the best parts of Justice League. And so I, I'm, I'm very optimistic and, I, and I'm very intrigued um, to see this character fleshed out and to see Momoa um, basically be given the, the um, center stage, if you will. Absolutely. Um... I, I do want to see because Jason I, Jason Momoa was one of my favorite parts in Justice League, so to yeah. see him even also with a different director um, for a movie that seems like it's going to be a little bit more darker and how he becomes King of Atlantis, I'm very much looking forward to that. Uh, Kanan, same question: How do you feel about this whole test screen thing? And I know you have a lot more in-depth information. Should we even care about this concept? Well, I mean, it says a lot to. Yeah, well, I mean, you got to look at who they market the test screenings to. I mean, for the most part, I would say that it's probably going to be people that uh, are, you know, fans of that brand. So you probably had a lot of either WB or DC fans that went to it. Um, but it says a lot to go into a movie and come out of it having, you know, as much positive stuff that came out of this as it did because uh, – you know, from what I was hearing, like the visual effects, like weren't done at all. So I mean, you're looking at a lot of a uh, of shells and green screens and stuff, and, and probably placeholders. And to me, that would be very distracting. At, you know, for the film, like I could probably enjoy it, but I don't think I would come out as upbeat as some of these people were. And uh, for the most part, the people that saw it came out with, uh, you know, n- nothing but great reviews. Uh, People saying that it's a uh, very Indiana Jones style type movie, uh, that the scenes underwater are very Star Wars like, 
you know, they talk, uh, one has captured them to being able to talk underwater um, without using that bubble that Joss used in Justice League. Um, and uh, it was also noted on uh, Meet the Movie Press that it uh, they were saying that the action puts the action in Wonder Woman and Justice League to, sh- you know, to shame. Uh, I really wish that somebody had maybe compared it to a couple other films. I mean, Wonder Woman had some great action. Uh, the action wasn't too bad in Justice League, but, uh, you know, maybe if they could have compared it to, I don't know, you know, the uh, maybe the action scene and the, the Battle of New York for Avengers or the airport scene for um, Civil War or something like that. But, uh, no, I mean... I think it's I think it's a great sign. Um, I trust James Wan. I think the movie is going to do great. I don't know how well it'll do um, box office wise, but I think it definitely will probably be up there with Wonder Woman as far as uh, you know overall reception. Maybe just a little bit lower. I still think it. I think it will be the second film to be um, a uh, you know a critical hit um, for Warner Brothers. Uh, I mean, a lot of cool stuff coming out, you know, about the suit. You know, we see him in the classic suit, uh, you know, the kind of the orange and the green. There was a statue that was shown, leaked um, a few weeks ago, if you've seen that. Um, that's pretty much the outfit that he wears in the movie. Uh, just uh, some people even said, like, the trench, you know, some of the underwater creatures, you know, that are in it are just very, like, detailed, even like horror-like. So that'll be pretty cool to see. Um, and then there was a lot of good feedback about uh, Black Manta and uh, Ocean Master. So, uh, I mean, a lot of cool stuff to take away. Uh, you know, Nick is right uh, about the screenings. You know, you did hear different stuff. Uh, with BVS, the thing was that when people went to go watch that, they saw the unedited version. They saw the cut that we got. So the reaction was much different. And then when the film actually came out, critics saw the cut version that was just edited horribly. So studios don't do themselves any justice when they put a film, they do test screenings, and then they cut that stuff. So if they go in and make a lot of changes to to what people saw in this, you know, it may not get the same reaction. So, I mean, I I know they do that to kind of, like, gauge an an audience's – you know, like, hey, this works or this doesn't, but I can't see that being the case with BVS. I don't think they would have came out and said, hey, you need to cut anything that helps these scenes look better or pieces the story together. But that's, you know, that's what happened with that. And and you're right, Dane. The the same thing happened with Wonder Woman. People were saying, oh, but I think that was made up. I think that was all a a smear campaign to try to ruin Wonder Woman uh, as far as, you know, its, its testing went. But uh, my only issue with them doing a test screening so early is that if all this, this stuff coming out stays in the movie, I mean, you've got a leaked movie. I mean, there's a lot of stuff out there. People are already leaking. I mean, even, like, close to the ending and a lot of key scenes. So, I mean, what's their, you know, I know it's cool to look look at it when you see it, but, I mean, you know, that's kind of, like, what is Warner doing? Are they just like, hey, we're just going to tell you about the movie? You know, ahead of time. You know, so well, okay. well, okay. I mean, I mean, most most studios do test screenings. It's just a lot of them don't. For some reason, Warner Brothers, which is not a good thing, 
Uh, they're much more publicized. I don't know if they're doing that and putting it out there through other outlets, uh, trying to pretend they have nothing to do with it, try to, like, you know, get word of mouth out there. Um, but you're right. They should not be saying everything because when it becomes more public, there is a better chance for leaked information to get out. Um, luckily, I think that most of these movies have been shown, and we've heard a lot of, hey, test screenings for blah, blah, blah have been great for DC, regardless if it was good or bad in, in actuality. Um, and not a lot of information leaked out. We actually have to wait for DC, or Warner Brothers, I should say, to make a trailer uh, going right into BVS where they actually show the ending uh, for them to expose their own bullshit. So <laughs> kind of crazy that way. Um, Nick, were you about to say something? Yeah, I was just going to say two things real quick. Uh, one, um, just please, Kanan, don't share, um, you know, any spoilers on the, on the, um, <laughs> on the, uh, thread between all of us, uh, Geek Vibes Nation's, uh, uh, admins, please. Um, <laughs> cause I hate it when you do that, man. <laughs> um, I know most of you, most of us don't, but, uh, I hate spoilers. Um, and two, um, my biggest trepidation with it is, Dane, when you and I left BVS, I'm, I'm sorry, not BVS, uh, Justice League, we were both so high on that movie. And we were like, there's yep. no way. There's no way that this could bomb. And I, I think I even said something, like, to the effect to you, like, like um, I hope that most reviews don't start with this movie has its problems, but because I just felt like it was, it was, it was better than that. Like there, like I get that that is the way that a lot of movie reviewers do their posts. I think if you were going to do a a review for suicide squad and you liked it, like fine, if you're going to do a review for BBS and you liked it, fine. Like those are totally tolerable to to open a, a, a thing like that. But for, for justice league, I, I didn't think it warranted that kind of preface. Um, and well, I'm you know, just, either, either I'm a that worried. or uh, or the uh, the mustache, which didn't fucking bother me that much at all. And I think it was only noticeable yeah, in that I, one scene again, at the beginning. Again, did you see Rogue One? Did you see Tarkin? Like I, I don't know. After seeing that, I don't, I don't think that any any sort of CGI stuff is gonna bother me as much as that. Um, but nevertheless, like my biggest trepidation with um, kind of the earlier views is the fact that like Dane and I went and saw you know Justice League like three or four days before it came out, and not only did we love it, but like it seemed like the whole audience loved it and we thought it was going to be like a huge hit. We were like, man, this movie hits all the points that it needs to do. Yeah. Maybe, maybe it's a little choppy or whatever, but like it, it, it delivers like it, it, it could maybe use an extra 15, 20 minutes, but like it didn't feel as um, disjointed as BBS. Um, and it, 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 that just didn't pan out how we thought it would. And that is, always kind of worries me a little bit. That's an understatement. Didn't pan out the way we thought it would. It completely went the opposite <laughs> yeah. fucking way. With, with reviews, yeah, it did. Critical reception between even the fans uh, of of the stuff because it wasn't Zack Snyder enough for him or whatever the fuck right. bullshit. And hey, also hold on. the box that's, office. That's, that's, hey, don't don't Kanan's in that in that group. Don't uh. <laughs> 
No, 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 no. I'll, I'll give it back to Kanan. He's not. He doesn't like worship at the altar of fucking Zack Snyder. And I think that Zack did get screwed over. But yeah. there were a lot of stuff that he did in the first two movies that were very much his flavor that I didn't think fit in BBS and Man of Steel. Some of the stuff that I didn't sure. like about those movies. So, you know, there was reason why it didn't work out with them. I just thought the way that they did it was fucked up. But before we move on, Kanan, yeah. do you have any last comments about this? Uh, I mean, you know, just just to hit on the point, you know, as far as like I said about the test screenings, yeah, I mean, you can't really, you can't really go off those. I mean, it's great news. It's it's a PR win at the moment for um, you know Warner Brothers. So it's just something that um, you know we definitely just want to kind of chew on for a while. Um, I think there's a lot more people in the know, and I think there's a lot more people paying attention to what Warner Brothers is doing. So anytime, I think the actual advertisement for the screening came out through IOTA. Uh, I don't, uh, if I remember, uh, if I recall it being passed around on Twitter. So uh, it didn't say the name of the movie. You know, they always try to be discreet. But I think there's so many people looking into DC stuff, uh, you know, which is amazing because Marvel's on the top of the game, but that's not where the news is at. People are always looking, oh, when are they going to announce this movie for Warner, uh, DC? When they going to, you know, who's this actor going to play? So, when it bleeds, it leads. Uh, remember that. Yeah, exactly. You know, and uh, you know, right now, you know, David Sandberg is pretty much on Twitter and uh, Reddit. You know, saying, "Hey, you know, I've tried to tell Warner Brothers to show the suit to get ahead of the leaks." Uh, and, you know, he's actually shocked that no one actually has a picture of it out there yet, since they've actually filmed outside with the the suit. Uh, you know, and you know, we're all just sitting here like, you have your directors telling you to get ahead of this because. You know, the leaks is, like, one of the things that you want to try to, you know, keep under wraps. And it's like they're not listening. You know, I would have been like, hey, we're going to show the suit Monday, you know, or something like that. So, um, yeah, I I don't know the whole mindset with stuff over there at Warner Brothers. I I don't know really what they have planned. But, um, you know, I know they do screens. But, like I said, there's just so much attention on what Warner Brothers is doing that it's almost like paparazzi at every corner. Uh, they see you coming out the back, they're running. They're like, hey, everybody, they're over here, and that's how this was. Hey, everybody, uh, there's going to be an Aquaman screening, and then everybody comes out and wants to tell everybody. There's no secrecy uh, when it comes to stuff that Warner Brothers and DC is doing. It's really weird. Yeah. Well, I think that, that kind of leads me into our next part of this. Kanan, there's been some, and I want to say this to the audience listening, why don't I say yeah, – yeah, 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 whatever. Um, I always say viewers, and I realize I'm supposed to say listeners. That's, you guys aren't viewing me right now. If you did, you'd know I was – never mind. Um, so basically there have been a couple rumors uh, – God, we're about to go into like a whole entire pit from hell um, – going on right now uh, about stuff going on at Warner Brothers actually. Yes, more shakeups and directors leaving and coming in. Um, one thing I want to say before I pass to you, Kane, and let you kind of roll with this with a couple of updates that, that we found out and we've been hearing is that I'm very happy that Game Night is doing really well because those are the directors that are going to be doing Flash, which might not be Flashpoint at this, this time. We don't know. I hope it's not. They're also the ones that wrote um, Spider-Man Homecoming, which is good if they have a big hit right now out comedy-wise, and they actually made that. This is going to be a good move for Ezra Miller to sink his teeth into to be able to show – what it's like to be a young superhero in the DC universe. 
So, Kanan, can you tell us, like, a little bit about some TMZ-level scoops or rumors going on with the DC not-so-extended universe? Well, uh, you know, you brought up the Flash directors. Um, you know, they, they, are, they did direct the Game Night movie, which has gotten great reviews. Uh, but the funny thing is, is that there was some stuff that came out from outlets that, um, you know, this whole flash dump about who was going to be the villains and uh, the emphasis was going to be on this and these were going to be the characters. And now everybody's like, well, that's not really Flashpoint. So it doesn't sound like they're going to do Flashpoint anymore. And then THR um, actually like came out and was like, oh, pump your brakes. Um there's no work been done on this movie. There's uh, because the directors ha- actually haven't even signed their agreement. They haven't actually been hired yet. So the you know how could all this stuff be coming out about villains and and what's going to happen when the directors haven't even been hired yet? So I don't know. I, I'm telling you, man, Warner seriously needs to get their employees or whoever is like leaking this stuff to these outlets because they're leaking it to these smaller outlets. They're not leaking this stuff to the trades who actually have can go and verify this. They're leaking it to the other outlets, um, and then they're running with it as exclusives and stuff like that. And then you have the Hollywood Reporter saying they're not even hired, so there's no been there's no work done. I mean, you have all this information, but the directors aren't even hired yet. Um, and then there's a. Uh, another rumor that uh, one of our guests we had on, uh, Mario Robles with uh, Revenge of the Fans, uh, he's actually been hitting the scoop trail really hard. Um, he said that uh, Henry Cavill's actually in negotiations with Warner Brothers to renew his contract, uh, that his um, appearance in Shazam will actually be his – he wants that to be his final appearance on his contract, and then when his contract's renewed – then the first feature film of that renewed contract would be Man of Steel 2. So, you know, if that's, the case, if that's the case and then nothing comes about with the contract and Cavill is in Shazam, then we could be looking at the last time we see um, Henry Cavill as Superman. I don't think that's going to happen. I think Henry will definitely sign on. I think Warner Brothers will sign him on. But... Uh, the end of his contract appearance would be Shazam. Uh, and then some people tweeted out that kind of got the ball rolling on uh, Matt Reeves. Uh, people have been hearing that Matt Reeves actually uh, will be the next director to walk away or actually be um, let go because there's some stuff out there. People are throwing around the rumor that um, – WB really wants Ben Affleck to stay on as Batman. Uh, Ben is torn about being Batman that I think that he just done a lot of pressure. Uh, He was kind of, kind of misled in regards to how much time he would have in between. You know, we talked about this a couple weeks ago that, you know, he thought he was going to kind of have the Christopher Nolan approach where he would do a Batman movie uh, and then he could make his own film, and then he could do the Batman, and you know, do another movie. And that really wasn't the case. It was like boom, 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 Suicide Squad, Batman v Superman, Justice League, um, which really hurt his other film, uh, Live by Night. Uh, that movie just did not do well at all. And you know, uh, but you know, I think there's some 
you know, some speculation that he wants to stay and that if that's the case, then Warner Brothers would let Matt Reeves walk in order to keep Ben Affleck. Like I said, you know, this is just all, like, speculation and stuff. But they're, you know, you know, this kind of stuff that starts from somewhere, starts to catch fire. You know, like, you know, like we said before with Joss Whedon, that site reported uh, back in November that he wasn't going to be there. And I don't know if it's a coincidence or not, but then, boom, here we are. And he's no longer, um, you know, he's no longer directing anymore. So, I mean... I'm just saying, dude. This stuff comes from somewhere, and when it comes Fucking from Warner Bros., it usually ends up, it, yeah, it usually ends up being almost true uh, uh, for the most part. So um, that's I, the worst part is that a lot yeah, of these yeah. ridiculous rumors end up becoming true. That that that's the thing that really is the most unbelievable because we'll hear like a little rumblings about something, and then all of a sudden someone left the project, and you're like, oh, okay, wow. Didn't think that was true. Gotcha. Thanks, Warner Brothers. Yeah. Before I pass it to you, uh, Nick, to let you talk about it, I just want to kind of like go into it myself uh, a little bit about some of these things. And, and we'll get to you, Caden, about your opinions too, obviously. Uh, appreciate – remember, like Caden said, like I said, this is all rumors. Now, this is 100% true. There are some outlets that back up some of these claims that are a little more credible than others. But for right now, these are all rumors. Flashpoint. I hope this is not a rumor. I hope this is true. Don't do Flashpoint. What the fuck is the point of doing Flashpoint now? Unless that, that crazy theory about use Flashpoint as a way to reboot everything. The thing that people don't realize is that Flashpoint was the last event in the post-52 DC, but it still did not restart it. It was just a story that happened right at the end of it, and then they, right after that they started doing the new 52 uh, as a reboot launch, but it didn't do that itself. And not only that, but the the story itself doesn't really have a lot to do with that anyways. I don't know. Like it, everyone was trying to discuss it as a way to get rid of the Batman from Ben Affleck and make him to the other one. Just recast the character. We've been saying that. There is no reason to do Flashpoint. That is like having your, your what, your second movie uh, have the death of Superman and Doomsday in it when we don't care about Superman enough and Doomsday is coming way too early. Like, yeah, let Flashpoint kind of simmer. If you want to do that, great. Get Robert Zemeckis to come over and direct it. Make it huge. But right now, just tell the story about The Flash and introduce a couple of his villains and make a better, more grounded movie and let these guys tell their story. I don't think there's any reason to do Flashpoint. I hope that's true. As far as Henry Cavill goes, I will be happy if he's going to stick around. Um, I'm not trying to be a dick, but I don't see a lot that he's doing in the future. Like, I'm sure he has some stuff, but I, I don't think his schedule is busy. So I wouldn't see why he wouldn't. It seems like he loves playing Superman, and he really wants to get into what I think just be, should be called Superman, but it can be called Man of Tomorrow or Man of Steel or whatever they want to call it, uh, but a sequel for the Man of Steel movie. So I think that that's actually going to happen. Um, regardless if this is a bullshit rumor that just came out of nowhere, his, he's going to be negotiating for his contract soon. So whether or not that rumor that he's going to be in Shazam is true or not, um, that's going to be happening. So, you know, I see him staying around a hell of a lot more than Ben, which leads to that last rumor. And I don't know how I fucking feel about it. I mean, if Ben Affleck, if, if a lot of this was aggravation that they wouldn't let him direct, which he was supposed to come on originally, the rumor was he was supposed to direct Justice League, and then it kind of like tunneled through shit, 
and then he was becoming Batman and losing his film that he was going to be able to do. So if if this is how it's going to be, yeah, it kind of sucks to lose Matt Reeves, but I, I don't know. I really don't know about that. I mean, I'm torn. I would love to see a Matt Reeves Batman movie, but then again, maybe it's not going to go in bad terms and they can give him another character to work on. Who fucking knows? This is DC and Warner Brothers are talking about here. It's, it's, <laughs> it's all up in the air. I, I feel like just uh, like that episode of South Park where they figure out how Family Guy is written and there's a bunch of manatees with balls, uh, you know, in the water and they push the balls with like different words and just figure out the script as they go. That's how I feel about the presentation of what the fuck's going on with DC right now. I'm sorry. I got a little bit of a Dane rant. Nick, help me out. How do you feel? Uh, well, let me start with the Ben Affleck thing. I'll work my way backwards on this. Um, as far as the Ben Affleck thing, like, it, it, to me, like, again, like, we've said this ad nauseum. Uh, if, if Ben Affleck doesn't want to be there, just recast him. And don't use Flashpoint as a way to, you know, do it. Just, just go ahead and do it. Like, whoever you pick. Um, obviously, I think, Dane, you and me are both big big fans of John Hamm. Uh, I would be totally yep. fine with Jake Gyllenhaal. Um, and there's, like, two or three other, like, actors that have been floated around that I would also be fine with. Um but like, here's the thing: if 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 it's a if it's a comfortability thing uh, for Ben Affleck, like I would be totally down. Like, put it this way: if I if I had to lose the director and keep Ben Affleck, as long as I got a good director to replace, uh, what, I'm sorry, well, he would be directing it. Well, no, no, no. It's a rumor. Ben Affleck. Okay, okay, fair enough. Like, if then yes, because Ben Affleck is an excellent director. So if we went back to like what the original thing was, that'd be fine. Um, but I, I mean, I still love the idea of um, is it yeah, Gareth Edwards, the guy who did the accountant. Um, yes. Yeah. Okay. I still love the idea because they worked so well together. The accountant was so underrated. That was a great movie. Um, I I love the idea because he was in the running, um, you know, before they announced, uh, you know, uh, what's the guy's name? I'm sorry, uh, the the guy who did Planet of the Apes. Oh, Matt Reeves. Matt Reeves. Yes, thank you, thank you. Like before they announced Matt Reeves, uh, Gareth Edwards was in the running to do it, and like I think that would be a perfect like kind of team up, uh, you know, somebody that Ben's worked with before who he can like kind of shoot shit, go back and forth with. Like, if if you give me, you know, somebody like that or even Ben Affleck, like, I'd be totally fine with keeping him. Um, I'd make that trade-off. Um, even though I, I love Matt Reeves' work so far, and I, I very much look forward to seeing, um, you know, what he's going to do. Um, but if you give me Matt Reeves with John Hamm or Jake Gyllenhaal, I'm totally fine with that, too. Just, like, figure it out, make a fucking decision. Nick, um, before you move on, I just wanted uh, everyone to know, because I'm sure there's people screaming at us, and I'm the one who told you you were right. Uh, it's Gavin O'Connor. Gareth Edwards did Gavin Godzilla in one. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, Gavin O'Connor. Um, You're welcome. Like, they worked, yes. Warriors, so, this big movie. Yeah. They they worked so well together. Um, the accountant was, was, like, whatever you think about the movie, like, the way that he directed Ben Affleck in the way and, and, and his performance in that movie was, was really good. Um, and J.K. Simmons. But, uh, yes, very, very much so. Um, 
but but like uh, to to move on to the other other uh, big story in this in this news leak, uh, I, I'm obviously you know this thing. I'm in total agreement with you. I, I hope the flashpoint thing is not going to happen because I too think it's way too early. Like I just want like a good Flash movie. Like I love Ezra Miller's Flash. I think if you just Gave us, like, a, a good Flash movie, threw a cyborg in there, have that, like, you know, buddy cop kind of feel. I think that would totally suffice, and I think that would be great. Um, but, uh, but yeah, that's my thoughts. Do you think uh, Henry is going to stick around, Nick, after his um, contract runs out? I, yeah, I definitely do. I, I think that, again, like, not to be a dick, like you said, but... It's not like he's got, you know, the these huge things coming down the pipe. Um, obviously, he really wanted to be Bond. Um, he was very, you know, kind of outspoken about that. And I think he would actually be, like, a pretty good Bond, um, especially because he's a little younger. And I, I still, I, you know, obviously Daniel Craig's not going to do it forever. I think he would be a very good um, uh you know, next Bond, I think it would be the seventh uh, Bond, uh, if you're not including David Nevin. Um, so, like, yeah, I, I, I think he will stick around. Um, and I think, to me, honestly, <laughs> and I know this kind of sounds weird, but I, I think it's arguably more important to keep him than it is to keep Ben Affleck. Even though Batman's, like, I agree. obviously, like, a little more important of a character in especially in the like in the movie sphere um but i think keeping cavill is like should be priority number one um and i think he and warner brothers will come together and get a deal done and i think they like they have a more symbiotic relationship and i i definitely think they'll get that done and i think that should be priority number one for them Symbiotic, like Venom. So you're saying that Henry Cavill is going to replace Tom Hardy as Venom. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> yeah, that's exactly okay. what I'm saying. And that that movie just went like down like seven notches on my uh, <laughs> list of movies to see this year. <laughs> Why? Because of that joke? Oh, sorry. I'm a, I'm a comedian. I, I do what I can. Um, yeah. <laughs> I agree. Uh, obviously, we've talked about the whole Henry Cavill thing. You know, I was thinking about the whole James Bond, and something flashed in my head that I think Daniel Craig could have done great as either Aquaman or Batman, honestly, based on his intensity and his look. Shit. Aquaman uh, would have been the shit. Like, he would have, yeah, that would have been great. And then we could have gotten Jason Momoa as Lobo. <laughs> uh, oh, man. Lived in that but universe. I love Jason Momoa. But anyways. But anyways, uh, answering your own rumors that you just told us about, Kanan, how do you feel about this yourself? Um, man, I, I love I love Ben Affleck as, as Batman, uh, so I would love for him to stay. But I would love for him and Matt Reeves to work together. Uh, so I don't know that I really want to lose Reeves, yeah. um, you know, for for Ben, but you know there you know apparently Reeves has some stuff going on with Netflix that uh, he could be moving on to. 
so if something does happen there, you know, and Ben's wanting to do the Batman movie, you know, maybe they move on that. As a Superman fan, I really want Cavill to to sign. I think he will. Uh, Nick, I think you're wrong about Cavill not having anything to do uh, because I think that uh, I think once Mission Impossible comes out, I think, gonna, Come on. I think he's gonna. I think he's gonna. I think he's gonna. Uh, I think he's gonna blow up even more. Uh, I think Cavill's a very charismatic actor. Uh, I think he has a ton of talent that, um, you know, that a lot of people say they haven't seen him as in, in Superman. I, I, I don't think that's true at all. But if you watch Man from Uncle, he was great in that. I'm not saying he'll be Bond, uh, but I think he's going to be. A, I think he's going to do great Mission Impossible. Uh, so, you know, I, I think there's going to be a lot more. Um, a lot more stuff opening up for him down the road. He has a great manager. His manager is uh, Danny Garcia, the Rock's ex-wife. Uh, so if anybody can make sure he gets the high-level roles, it's going to be her. And as far as the um, the Flash stuff goes, I think they'll get the deal done. Um, but, I mean... <laughs> It's, I, I mean, I guess it depends on what... I, I don't really think they need to do the Flashpoint storyline. Uh, but if Ben wants to leave, then that would be, you know, kind of a proper send-off for him to, you know, to do that um, and, and then be done. But um, I don't know, man. That whole decision seems to be holding up a lot of stuff because they really need to... I know they got Wonder Woman, Shazam... Uh, and then the Aquaman movie, all that's right now. But man, that Batman stuff's really holding them up because um, I don't know where they're going. I think we'll definitely hear Man of Steel two, probably uh, Comic Con. Uh, but other than that, I mean, they're kind of in a holding pattern. All right, all right. Two things I wanted to say based on what you're saying. Um, oh man, I forgot the second one. Oh, I I wanted to ask you because I hear that a lot, and I, I want to some reasoning behind why you think that using Flashpoint would be a, a, a good way to, to have a send-off to Ben Affleck, why, why we wouldn't just recast him. Like, what, what does that do to, to change him within that? I mean, you make a, I mean, you make a really fair point, you know, as well. Uh, I think that Flashpoint could kind of go and, you know, it would be kind of retconning the the Snyder era, which I mean, I do like Snyder, but let's be honest, man. WB has done everything they can to pretty much distance themselves from Snyder. I mean, this whole stuff that's come out with how they've you know how they really been with Justice League and and some of the stuff that's happened, you know, it's kind of them, you know, like hey, we we want to kind of move on from all this, and that would be yeah. what Flashpoint would do if they don't if they don't want to do that, which. Um, you know, the Aquaman stuff will reference Justice League, so, okay, you know, maybe they're not going to go that direction. Um, then, no, you're right. They don't need to. They could just find another actor that's of similar age and then go from there. Um, or if they're wanting to do a younger Batman as a prequel. See, I mean, it just kind of messes things up. I, I don't really know where WB really goes from here as far as that. Do they want to do another Justice well, League? If the Batman prequels, do they go younger? Well, yeah, and that, that, that's what I'm wondering. With the whole younger thing yeah. and that, how that was rumored and attached to Matt Reeves, it makes me think that these rumors about Matt Reeves departing 
might actually be true if they're trying to work things or if if Hamada is really trying to work things out with Ben Affleck and really wants him to stay around. And if they were like, if, if his original idea was, well, I want him younger. And they're like, well, we have this universe going on and they were trying to mesh it. Maybe that's the reason why he walks is what I'm wondering. Yeah. And, and yeah. the fact that maybe Ben Affleck wasn't, you know, is, is more on board now than what he was at that point, because he sees some structural foundation happening that, could lead to good films in the future. Absolutely. Um, Kanan, we're going all back. All right, well, uh, let's see. Do any of you guys have anything else, uh, Kanan, uh, related to the subject before we move on? No, I mean, I think we've, I think we've covered. I mean, that's, that's pretty much been the gist of this week. So, I mean, a lot of, a lot of cool stuff coming out and, uh, I'm sure we're definitely gonna, you know, be able to bring up some more stuff next week for sure. Absolutely. All right. So guys, we'll start wrapping up. Um, real quick question. Uh, last subject that we're gonna bring up before completely tuning out. But Sony has put on um, a, a stop on the production of uh, Silver and Black or whatever the Silver Sable and Black Cat story. Um, I'll just start and say that I think that's a good thing if they're waiting either for to see how Venom's received. They shouldn't be, like, lining up a bunch of movies like some other company that we talk about constantly um, <laughs> and just kind of wait and see how the production itself goes. And maybe they are ironing things out is what I'm thinking with the MCU to make these characters connected. Um, I still have a lot of hope that that's going to happen. I also still love your idea about um, Black Cat showing up in Spider-Man 2, Nick, but uh, quickly, uh, Nick, how do you feel about this? Do you think it's a good thing or a bad thing from Sony? No, I think it's a good thing. I mean, I if correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe that they had this movie slated for release of February of next year. Um, and with them not having casted anyone yet to play those roles, um, they, they, I've heard nothing about a script. Um you know, I think, you know, just, just yeah, postpone it, kick it down the road, see how Venom does, find your, I, I, I mean, I guess, like, your your audience base, what, whatever it is that you, um, that you think you're going to accomplish with these, these Spider-Man spinoffs, basically. Um, no, I think, I think it's a good idea. I think they should, um, be patient with these movies. Don't rush them. Um, I think Venom kind of came together very organically. Um, like they were like, we got this director, we got Tom Hardy, we got Riz Ahmed. Now we're bringing in Woody Harrelson. Like all of these things seem positive. If you don't have that kind of positive, um, you know, uh, ability as far as director, actors, story, um, for your your silver and black movie, then yeah, just like it, it doesn't, you don't have to rush it. Like let it breathe, and you know figure your shit out. Like I I think it's a really good idea, and I applaud Sony for not rushing uh, something that doesn't really need to be rushed um, because this is a movie that could be another kind of movement movie like. Like Kanan was saying, 
at the beginning of the show. Like, Black Panther wasn't, it's not just a movie, it's a movement. And if you're going to do a silver and black movie with these two uh, female characters who are predominant uh, characters in the in the Spider-Man universe, um, you know, like, don't don't rush it. Don't make a Catwoman movie. Like, just slow down, figure shit out, and let it like make a really good movie. And if we get that, like, people are going to respond to it. They're going to go see it. The buzz is going to be phenomenal. Um, but you know, if if you just rush into it to make a movie just to make a movie. Uh, I mean, we saw what happened with that with uh, The Amazing Spider-Man 2. Like, it wasn't Ugh. a particularly good movie, and, you know, the box office uh, kind of reflected that. So, like, yeah, I, I, I kind of applaud Sony for this. I think, I think it's very smart, and hopefully, I, I still want to see it. I do, because I think it's a Terrific idea. I personally, I would just do a black cat movie. I wouldn't have it be silver and black. I would just do a black cat movie because I think black cat, a her like backstory is like really intriguing. Um, it, it it's um it's kind of disturbing. Um, kind of similar to how they presented Jessica Jones in the in the um, Netflix universe. Um, but I I. I still think that that could be something um, that if you if you execute it in the right way, could be something that could not only be a great movie, but could be something culturally relevant, um, especially with the Me Too movement backing it. Um, and, you know, I, I yeah, I, I, I think I think they they rushed in to try and uh, announce as many kind of, you know, off-kilter off uh, uh, secondary Spider-Man characters to do their own universe. And, you know, maybe now um, they're kind of slowing their roll on that. And, and hey, maybe this, this also means that, you know, Kevin Feige has seen Venom and is like, hey, I like it. Like slow down, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna work together on this. Like that is my ultimate hope. Because um, that well, yeah, be, I I think that amazing. I think yeah, no, and I I think that that could definitely be it. Is that maybe Kevin Feige saw something, or if they're really separate, maybe they realize Venom's so self-contained that they don't have like a universe to to jump off of because it's coming off much more like a Logan movie uh, than say a. I don't know, a Captain America uh, where the end of it just tied into Avengers or something like that. Uh, Kanan, how how do you feel? Oh, man, dude. To be honest with you, uh, I I feel like if Venom doesn't do well, this movie never gets made. Uh, I think Sony wants to try to do this whole uh, non-Spider-Man universe, but then there's talks of uh, Tom Holland actually being in Venom. You know, it's I guess it's cool to kind of maybe have spin, uh, Venom be his own his own movie, but to kind of like at first talk like it's not even going to be in the same world as Spider-Man. I mean, that just, okay, just didn't really rub people the right way. And then they're like, oh, we're going to make this 
silver and black movie, but it's not going to have anything to do with Spider-Man either. And everybody's just like, why? I mean, the intrigue is there, but the movies, you know, they're it's delayed. You know, the director says she's trying to get the the script right. That's fine. But let's be honest, Sony's probably like, if Venom doesn't do well, we're not making this movie. I just cannot see them making this film whatsoever if Venom doesn't do well. So I think it's all going to hinge on on how Venom does. Uh, yeah, I mean, that that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Luckily, I think that the potential is there for the movie to be really good just based off of, well, here's the thing. We've all seen great trailers and then seen shit films. And we've all seen horrible trailers and seen really good films. So who knows? Uh, but you're right. I think it definitely has to do with that. But uh, hey, everyone, that's a show. Yeah, that, that's how we do yeah. it. Um, pretty amazing. So uh, I hope you guys enjoyed our show tonight uh, a little early at 5 o'clock. A little short, but, uh, you know, if you have a problem with that, then sorry. But we don't have to explain ourselves to you. I'm yeah, just kidding. Go we love fuck you out yourself. There. Go fuck yourself. No, no I'm just kidding. No. No, um, we, this is actually good. give all the complaints. The of give give all the complaints. This episode of Kanan on Twitter. Uh, you can find what, what's your Twitter <laughs> handle, there, Kanan? Um, it's at Geek Vibes Nation. Oh, crap! I think it's Jawan. All right. Anyways, uh, so uh, yeah, is we Jawan had, we had a wonderful show. show. Huh? <laughs> is Jawan We're calling him to come on the scene. show now? Probably. Um, no, he can't. But, we yeah. don't want him here. <laughs> Just like Joel, we don't want him here either. You guys have to go away yeah, right. um, from, from now on. I, I actually don't want to host Y'all always anymore, crucify so Joel, kind of man. Like, why? I like that guy. Oh, it's because we love him. I mean, we, we, give, we, we give him so much shit because we like him. That's oh, how it okay. works. Uh, yeah, that's reasonable. Wait, why don't you give me as much shit? Oh. Because I don't really like don't like you. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, oh, right. What are you well, gonna do? I'm 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 with the uh, it's not that I'm not myself, but the two most long-winded talkers out of a whole entire fucking group. There was three of us, so uh, <laughs> I love you guys though. But we had a good night. We talked a lot about a lot of great stuff. We had another episode, of course, next Sunday at a normal time at eight o'clock. Uh, listen to Full Court Press on Wednesday night. Uh, is that at eight o'clock or is it seven o'clock? It is at nine o'clock because we're the later. Wow. You're the late Almost show, the late, late, late show. Yeah. That's and what then, we are. We're Exactly. Wrestling Geeks Alliance at, uh, at 7 o'clock. We're the early show on Thursday nights. Um, and then we have two other shows. We have our Friday show, which where they talk about uh, the DC TV universe. I don't know much about that, actually. I haven't called in yet. Probably because I'm not up to date on them. So, anyways. And then we have the uh, Top 10 show on Saturday nights now. We have so much going on and Geek Vibes Nation, that we're going to, like, pass the nation, uh, you know, bypass this wall concept and just expand. You know what I'm saying? Expand everywhere. Yeah. And, I feel yeah. Like, right. Isn't and, there a big interview coming up, Dane? Yes, tomorrow night. All right, well, Kanan, I'm, I'm going to let you sign off, and you can, uh, you can talk about that interview with some, uh, some guy. I think it's, like, uh, it, it's Jim uh, Tommy Gun, right, or some shit like that? I, I don't know. Pistol? <laughs> No, uh, we're tomorrow night. We actually have uh, James Gunn's uh, little brother Sean uh, Gunn, who plays Craglin on uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. He actually does the motion capture work for Rocket Raccoon as well. 
Uh, he also was on the show uh, Gilmore Girls for, I think, seven years. Woo! So, yeah, uh, so we're going to talk to him tomorrow night. Hopefully we can get some uh, cool tidbits on Guardians 3, uh, maybe even some stuff about Infinity War. Uh, so definitely uh, tune in for that. And we have some interviews up from the past. Me and Kanan just inter- interviewed uh, Dean Kane. Uh, awesome yep. interview. It's up there. Uh, really nice guy. He did a shut-up for my mom. Very, very nice of him to do that. He didn't have to. Um, and then we also have John Morrison on the wrestling one from a couple weeks ago. Uh, who else we interviewed? We've interviewed a Mark million Guggenheim. people. Mark Guggenheim we interviewed. The, uh, David Jarevero. Uh, from Gotham. Yep. Uh, Lil Wayne, if you will, from Gotham. So we got a lot of them coming up. We have a lot of great <laughs> shows coming up. Keep on sticking with us. Nick, tell everyone goodbye and uh, say some uh, send-off thing that you want. Oh, cool. I get to do this. Nice. Uh, well, be sure to tune in Wednesday, 9 o'clock. We're going to be breaking down all of the NBA news. Um, I bet there's like 3% of you out there who listen to this show who actually follow the NBA. Um, so for those of you who do, uh, join us Wednesday, 9 o'clock. It'll be me, Jawan, and Dane's brother, Luke. Uh, we're going to be breaking down all the NBA stories for the past two weeks. It's going to be terrific. And Geek by the Nation loves you. We'll see you next week. All right, peace out. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.